0: Welcome to I Read a Book Once, a podcast where I talk about books. My name's Emma, and today I'm going to be talking about A Rogue of One's Own by Evie Dunmore. If you're not aware, A Rogue of One's Own is the second book in the League of Extraordinary Women series, which is a historical romance series set in 1880s England about a group of women who are part of a suffragist or women's rights group and they um, are fighting for. In this book specifically, the amendment of the Married Woman's Property Act. Um, the first book was my favorite book that I read in 2019. It was called Bringing Down the Duke, and it was about Annabelle and Sebastian. Annabelle is a blue stocking, which is a woman going to college, educated, but from a middle class poor family while Sebastian is a duke. And basically, their book revolves around the romance and them eventually getting married. That's kind of the big issue is marriage, because since she isn't titled Sebastian isn't supposed to marry her so that's kind of the issue that goes around that book and I absolutely loved it so I knew that I had to read A Rogue of One's Own had to keep going with the series and I will say this book did not disappoint I really enjoyed it I did not enjoy it as much as the first book but that's mostly because I loved the characters in the first book a lot more than the characters in the second book not that I really disliked them But um, Annabelle and Sebastian were just more my sort of characters than Lucy and Tristan, which we're going to get into. Um, I also just want to say that part of the premise of this book revolves around Lucy and Tristan having an intimate relationship. I'm not going to necessarily describe that. But um, if you're someone like my grandma, please don't listen to this episode. So, and as always, there will be spoilers. Let's get into this book. The book starts off with Lucy and Tristan in, uh, I think, about 13 years ago, kind of introducing the fact that they knew each other when they were younger. They're both from, um, I think Tristan is a Viscount and Lucy's father is an Earl or something like that. It doesn't really matter. They're both titled and their moms were good friends. And Tristan's mom used to escape from their dad and spend the summer with Lucy's family. So that's kind of how it starts out. And we know from the first book that Lucy is estranged from her family because she's very involved in the suffragist movement, and so um, her family's sent her away, and she's been living on her own for 10 years, and she hasn't seen them since then. So the book starts out with Lucy trying to buy a 50% share in a publishing house so that they're, I don't remember what they call it, like they're the group of women they're all part of it, can own the majority share in a publishing house that publishes women's magazines and a book of poetry by Anonymous, which that's kind of important. So she starts out trying to buy it, but the man who's selling his shares is hesitant to sell to her since she's known as the tenacious termaggot or something like that. People don't really like her because of her work in the women's rights movement So um, they're hesitant to sell to her and she has to play the card that her friend Annabelle is the Duchess of Montgomery. So really she's the Duchess of the most important Duke in the country, basically. So um, then the guy says, okay, I'll go back and we'll talk about it. When she goes home, she then sees Tristan visiting her neighbor, who's a wooded widowed woman. And they kind of meet and Tristan wants to meet back up with her. So they have a meeting in which Tristan reveals that he wrote the book of poems and, Tristan doesn't really want Lucy to be buying the other 50% because he already owns 25% and he manages to meet with his friend Blackstone and get the money to buy the other 25% so that they both have a 50% share in the company, in the publishing house. Why does he do that? Because Tristan, if you have read the first book, you'll remember we meet him at the ball that Sebastian throws where he dances with Annabelle and that's going to be important. We'll talk about it later, but. He's kind of a rogue. He has the reputation for being with lots of different women and potentially also men. And then because of that, his father is like, I need you to settle down and I'm because I'm going to marry you off to somebody and if you don't, I will be sending your mother to an asylum basically because his older brother had passed away 6 months or a year ago. And so Tristan comes back from the war after having earned like a medal of honor or whatever after saving his commanding officer or something like that. I'm sure I'm getting the terms wrong, but you know what I mean. And after that, he comes home. And so Tristan has to pretend to go along with it. But all along, he's planning to use the money he makes from the publishing house to take his mom and go back to India, where he'd been fighting. He also fought in Afghanistan as well. So him and Lucy meet. And when Lucy realizes that Tristan has bought 50%, the reason that they wanted to buy the publishing house is to publish this report where they have been gathering letters from married women from upper middle class and aristocratic families who are married. And they've been writing letters about problems they've been having with their marriage and stuff like that. And they want to publish a report with their findings to show that the Married Women's Property Act is detrimental to all married women, not just lower class married women, because at this time, Parliament didn't care about the lower class. Right. They can't do that since they own equal shares. So Tristan proposes that if Lucy will sleep with him, he will give her 1% of his shares. And so then she can do whatever she wants. Tristan has, does not really believe Lucy. And he says that he gives her to the end of the summer to take her up on the deal. Tristan doesn't really believe Lucy will take this offer up, even though he's kind of been into her since they met 13 years ago when they were teenagers. But he also has no intention of literally giving this year to her lucy of course says no at first and then she decides instead that she's going to become a proper i'm using air quotes woman and kind of get back into society to try and figure out what else she can do so her friend annabelle and her husband sebastian are having a house party because the prince of england prince albert is going to visit And they're also trying to resuscitate Sebastian's reputation because he really ruined it by marrying Annabelle. Um, So they, all the friends go. So it's Lucy, Annabelle, Hattie, and Catronia are the the four women that this four different books in the series will revolve around. There's only two books out right now, right? So the other two will be about Hattie and then Catronia. So they go, and on their way, Hattie's like, there's going to be some sort of scandal. And Lucy's like, don't jinx it. So they show up. Oh, but before they show up, Lucy sees her mother and her cousin for the first time in 10 years when she's buying new dresses, and they're going to be staying in Oxford for the summer. And we find out once we get there that the person that Tristan is to be married to is Lucy's cousin, Cece. And Cece's super into Tristan for some reason and gets really jealous when Tristan dances the first dance with Lucy when he's supposed to technically be dancing with Cece. And so... She's talking to a distant cousin whose name I forget, Um, and he is low-key in love with Tristan because he is gay, but Tristan has kind of led him on a little bit and is very callous about that. And um, so he tells Cece kind of different secrets about them, which is something that we see. And so then the next morning, Lucy wakes up, and she's a bit late to breakfast, and she walks in, and it's silent. And the reason why it's silent is because Somebody has spread radical pamphlets around the entire estate, and radical feminist pamphlets. And everybody thinks it is Lucy because she is the radical feminist there. But it wasn't her. They were hers. Somebody stole them out of her room. And then she gets in a fight with Annabelle over, did she do it? Did you believe it? And then they fight over Sebastian and Annabelle's relationship, which is something I'm going to talk about later because it was probably my least favorite and most annoying part of the book for me. But that's just because I'm so invested in the two of their relationship. And so Lucy questioning it made me very upset. Anyways, they make up and they decide, the four women decide, the friends decide that since they can't publish the report, instead they're going to gradually undermine the magazines. And so they're going to put in new sections about women's clothes or different advice sections or stuff like that, that on their face don't seem very radical or Like, they're going to be changing things, but eventually will lead to change, if that makes sense. So kind of that gradual change sort of thing. So they all go back to Oxford, and uh, things continue to happen. And eventually, Lucy has different conversations with Annabelle and then an older lady and decides that she's going to take Tristan up on the offer. And Tristan's a little surprised, but he says, okay. And so the two of them, it starts out as one night, but then it ends up going on for weeks because they're both starting to develop feelings for each other and they're having a good time whatever. Lucy tries to cut it off at one point because she realizes she's been neglecting her work when she misses an important meeting and then Tristan convinces her not to because he says I'll help you with the work so they go back to Lucy's place and they're sorting through these letters I talked about earlier and Tristan finally realizes how important the cause is and he Real And he understands, Lucy explains about the proposal that Tristan's like, but if you publish this proposal, you'll never get a return on the money because people will stop buying for the publishing house, right? Oh, also, I forgot to mention that Tristan's the author of the poetry book, or I might have mentioned it. And so he tells everybody he is the author, so they're getting all these new sales because he's so popular with the ladies that they want to buy his poetry. And Tristan is happy about this because he needs the money, remember, to go to India with his mom. So Lucy says, no, my friends, understand that we were never going to get the money back. Uh, We probably would never make the money back that we used to do the publishing house. We all just wanted to publish the report. And that really touches Tristan, and he leaves and he takes his seat in the House of Lords so that he can vote for the amendments on the women's, on the married women's property act, which is like a very touching character growth moment for Tristan that I appreciated. Then Tristan goes home and to see his mother. And it turns out that she is missing. Nobody knows where she is. And his father tries to convince him to marry Cece and sign the engagement contract. But he does not when it turns out the father hasn't sent his mother away, but rather the mom is just missing altogether. So then he goes back and sees Lucy And Lucy suggests they go to this carnival together. And Tristan has to say no. The reason he says no is because he's bringing her cousin to it. And Lucy sees them there. And when they, when she sees him, Cece's like, "Oh, we're engaged." And Tristan says, "No, we're not." And Lucy's obviously heartbroken, very upset, and she runs away. Tristan follows after her, leaving Cece with his coat. And the two of them spend the night together. And they're still kind of fighting about everything and then Tristan says how his mom's missing how he was going to run away to India all this stuff and Lucy's obviously very upset but they still spend the night together if you know what I mean then they wake up the next morning and Lucy asks Tristan to leave he goes back to his apartment and um, Lucy's dad is there because CC is her dad's ward because her parents have died And basically, Cece stumbled back home around midnight and claimed that Tristan took advantage of her, and they have to get married right away, because all the people have seen her stumbling home with her coat, and she's all disheveled. And so they force Tristan to go to um, Lucy's family's home estate, and they're going to sign the papers and whatever. And Tristan on the train is contemplating what to do, and he decides that he's not going to marry her, but he's not going to tell them the alibi of being with Lucy because he doesn't want to ruin Lucy's life. Lucy ends up hearing what happened. I don't remember how. And she runs on the, She runs and gets the train after and rides after them and gets there just in time. And she bursts into the room and tells everybody that Tristan wasn't with Cece because she was with her. Obviously that causes commotion cc comes in and she tries to play it off that she was by saying trying to describe tristan's tattoo and she almost gets it right except for the fact she says the woman only has two arms instead of four which lucy knows but she doesn't the um guy from before that likes tristan told cc about that so she is everybody's really mad at cc and she is sent off to live with a really strict aunt in Germany. And Lucy's father then says, "Tristan, you have to marry Lucy." And Lucy says, "No, I don't want to get married." And the two of them, Lucy and Tristan, kind of get into a fight over that. And Lucy says something really awful, comparing Tristan to his dad, which I haven't talked about him really, but his dad was kind of abusive. Really, means his mom like all this different stuff. So my jaw literally dropped when that happened. I could not believe Lucy made that comparison to Tristan. I was shocked it was awful i was like oh my god i can't believe this just happened so then she leaves and she believes that tristan will never forgive her for that because what she said was so awful to him and she goes home and she is um packing up stuff and she's going to go to the continent because she just can't be there anymore while tristan goes to visit I think Lord Arthur is the name of this guy who's got a crush on him because he's very upset that she that he has told Cece all these different things and has kind of put Lucy into this position. But this thing still doesn't make sense to me a couple weeks on. And um, basically, Arthur calls Tristan out for kind of being callous and using people to do whatever he wants. He says, you knew my inclinations, and yet you brought me to this place. So basically, Tristan brought him... To an orgy so they didn't have sex but he watched Tristan have sex with somebody else I don't really know and so he's like why would you do that all these different things calling him very callous and Tristan has some sort of realization about who he is as a person again the scene doesn't make a ton of sense to me but basically he realizes that he was been in the wrong and he leaves and then Lucy is in the midst of packing up and her mom shows up which is surprising because they have fought previously in the book haven't spoken to each other in 10 years basically and the mom says to her um could you make somebody disappear basically tristan's mom has been hiding at lucy's parents estate for the past couple weeks and so lucy says yes and gives her mom the information on how to make tristan's mom disappear to the continent which is continental europe if you're not sure what i'm talking about and lucy's cat then shows up she's got a cat i didn't mention the cat before And her mom says, oh, I was wondering what happened to this cat. Apparently 10 years ago when Lucy first got the cat, Tristan had persuaded Lucy's mom to give him the cat and said he had a lonely friend who needed it. And Lucy had previously stated in the book that the cat was just a stray that she found outside. But no, it turns out it's one of her mom's cats and Tristan had given it to her because she didn't believe Tristan earlier on when he said that he'd had a thing for her for like a long time, had been interested in her for a long time. So she realizes kind of that they've both made mistakes and she goes into London to the publishing house and talks to him and they make up and when she gets there, Tristan is talking to somebody who owns, I think the Manchester daily or or another newspaper and he's agreed to print the report that she's been trying to get printed forever or for the whole book. He agrees to print the report in return for Tristan's black book of secrets because he had collected secrets on the rich and powerful and so Tristan does this thing for Lucy and then they decide to be engaged because Lucy says she cannot get married before the Married Woman's Property Act is amended. And so Tristan is okay with that. Oh, and then the very last scene, there's an epilogue where Lucy's hanging out with her friends. And throughout the book, Lucy was supposed to be writing a letter about the bi- about women riding bicycles, basically. So the, book, the epilogue is the four friends have just finished riding bicycles and they're talking about Hattie's visit. To a private art collector's place, so that's what this book is about. Um, since we're on it right now, we're gonna. The next book is gonna be on Hattie and Blackstone, which is Tristan's black, not black market friend, but he's um, a bank, a businessman. And Hattie, and earlier in the book, had tried to ask Lucy if Tristan could hook her up and meeting him because her dad is a bank man who's been trying to meet with Blackstone forever and hasn't been able to, and she feels like. odd one out in her family because she's creative instead of mathematical and business smart and so she thinks if she could do that her parents would love her more if that makes sense so their book is going to her book is going to be about the two of them which I'm very interested to see what happens because Hattie's kind of been the bubbly one who loves fashion and art and is like the actual girly girl and more stereotypical woman of this time compared to the other three and from what we've seen of Blackstone he's kind of in the dark like black market potentially and he also kissed at the end of this book there's an excerpt of the first book and it seems like in the first chapter he kisses her so that's very different from how these other books started off so I'm definitely very intrigued I will definitely be continuing to read the series even though the second book I didn't think was as good as the first book but the reason for that is because of the fact that I loved Annabelle and Sebastian more than Lucy and Tristan so in the first book you meet all the four ladies and it's Annabelle Hattie and Katronia who seem to be more friends and Lucy is the leader of their suffragist chapter basically and I until the very end of the first book Lucy is more in that leader capacity than friend capacity and then at the end This is going to be a spoiler kind of for the first book but so just skip 30 seconds if you don't want that spoiler but um, Lucy allows Annabelle to stay at her place after she gets kicked out of her housing because of the whole thing with Sebastian. So that's when they kind of become friends. So I was honestly a little surprised that Lucy's book was second instead of Hattie or Katronia's book. And so in that way it was kind of interesting to then see her be second. And I liked Lucy as a character specifically because of how strong and independent she was and the fact that she wasn't going to compromise in her morals of, The fact that she didn't like the Married Women's Property Act, so she wasn't going to be married. I enjoyed that, especially I'm going to talk a bit about engagement versus marriage at the end of the book, which how it differs from the first book, and just a little bit about that, because I thought that was great. I thought that was the best decision for the characters, and I really liked how that went down. Lucy as a character, I did enjoy. Tristan as the love interest main character, I did not enjoy as much as Sebastian I'm not sure what this so Lucy basically calls um, Sebastian like cold serious arrogant like all all these different things and while he is he is those things in some like ways he's also very caring and protective of the people that he loves you see that as a reader of the first book and so you know him better than Lucy does obviously because you've read about him and everything and so I don't know what it says about me as a person that I personally prefer that sort of love interest over the Tristan sort of love interest of the rogue devil may care playboy. I'm not really into that. If you've ever read Sarah Dessen's Once and for All, which is the one about the wedding planning, the daughter of the wedding planner, Tristan kind of reminds me of Ambrose, who is the love interest in that book, who I just could not stand. I didn't enjoy him at all. And so Tristan as a character was not my favorite. He definitely grew on me at the end when he kind of has his character growth of realizing that women's rights is important and kind of realizing that these are actual issues that are going on and he's just kind of been ignorant to them because he's a man and hasn't really had to care about them. And then also then later his scene with Lord Arthur and kind of realizing that he was like a jerk. Those kind of endear you to him a bit. I mean, for some people, Tristan might be more enjoyable. They might like him more than Sebastian, but for me, personal preference and taste, Tristan just was not my sort of main love interest character, which is kind of why I liked the first book over the second book more, just because I prefer that first relationship over this one. Although, in the end, I do think Lucy and Tristan were well matched. I think he kind of brought her out of her more serious, dedicated, focused side and made her a little bit more fun and playful and whatever and then also with their relationship of them having that sort of intimate relationship when in the first book again this is a bit of a spoiler in the first book when Annabelle decides to sleep with Sebastian that one time that it happens you are I honestly was like oh my god no don't do that whereas in this book it was a little bit different like I was like this is a dumb decision because of the time period you live in but at the same time the situation is very different for the two women so Lucy is 28 years old she's definitely a spinster for this time period and she doesn't really have any marriage prospects and she doesn't want to be married right she specifically states multiple times she doesn't want to get married because how could she be seen as an authority figure in the crusade against the married women's property act if she's married right which is also an issue she has with Annabelle, which we are going to touch on. I promise it. that moment made me so heated. Anyways, so for her to then decide to sleep with Tristan is a very different decision in the fact that she doesn't think she's going to get married. So if she does get found out, she's not necessarily ruined as some of her other friends might be, if that makes sense, right? And so the situation is a lot different and I can kind of understand that thought process of why she made that decision because she did get the majority share. I didn't mention this earlier. I don't think, but Tristan did sign over the majority share to her. So she does have those decisions. And then the two of them still own 51 and 49% together. And they've decided to continue on with this gradual subversion sort of trend at the end of the book. They decide that, but, um, Then, okay, let's talk about Lucy and Annabelle because this is definitely the number one thing I wanted to talk about. The number one thing that made me absolutely crazy in this book. So basically when they, after the whole pamphlet disaster, Annabelle comes into Lucy's room and Lucy's like, a warning would have been nice. How could you not tell me what I was walking into? And Annabelle says, I couldn't leave my husband's side. We had to do damage control and all of that. And Lucy says, You thought it was me. And Annabelle's very offended and hurt that she would think that. And Annabelle says, No, I didn't think it was you. How could you say that? I know you're you're smart and loyal. So and this move was disloyal and stupid. So you never would have done this, but you do hate my husband. And Lucy says, I do hate your husband. He was our biggest uh, adversary beforehand, because in the first book he was, but he has a change of heart and all this other stuff. Read the first book, it's so good. If you want to know more about it but not read it, aka you want me to tell you all about it, please let me know because I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about my favorite book from last year, 2019. But that's besides the point irrelevant, kind of. Anyways, then uh, Annabelle says he's obviously changed. She's on our side. He's helping us. And Lucy says, are you sure? And then Annabelle is offended by that. Of course she's sure. And then Lucy goes a step too far and says that he's changing Annabelle and Annabelle asks what she means by that and Lucy realizes she's gone too far but doesn't pull it back in and says that he that she uh, doesn't walk with them as much anymore and she wears more because of her more constraining dresses and she even goes as far to say that she bets that Sebastian has made Annabelle take elocution lessons to make her speech more proper Annabelle is rightly offended by that and kind of goes off and says, before in my life, I had to worry about being able to mend the same dress over and over again, being able to have enough food to or enough money to buy food and to have some place to stay. I'd much rather this sort of confinement where I'm taken care of and where I have somebody to rely on than my old life. Yes, I do have to wear these more proper dresses No, my husband did not make me take elocution lessons. And he then she goes and says, he has done everything for me. I ruined his reputation. And I dare say that he would lay down his life for me if asked. And she hardcore slams on Lucy. And I'm I'm over here being like, preach girl, because I am so upset with Lucy that she would go off and attack my man, Sebastian, like that very, I was not about it, I was very unhappy, and all that jazz, and eventually Annabelle forgives Lucy when Lucy apologizes or whatever and says, forgive me, I went too far, whatever, but Annabelle like forgives her immediately, if that was me, I would not have forgiven my friend for saying all of that stuff immediately, that I would have forgiven her, because at the end of the day, Lucy is a little bit jealous there because of that situation of this man really loving her. But then also she's insecure and just confused and she's going through a lot of turmoil and she just had a very traumatic experience happen. So I would forgive her, but I would not forgive her immediately like Annabelle does. So that scene, mm, it really was not a great scene. I was very, very upset by it. And, uh, I still, when I think about it, I'm still heated. I'm still heated about that. And I don't think I will ever not be heated about that scene just because when one of my least favorite things is when you're in romance novels and stuff like that, they're typically, the series is a series of companion novels. So you have different main characters each time. And so when I see somebody really bashing on my faves from a previous book, that always gets me heated. I never like that. So that's kind of, what's going on there then with that whole issue. A couple more quick things I want to talk about. One of them is the friendship. So if you notice in my kind of recap summary, I did talk a ton about the different friends even though they are part of it and the re- part of the reason for that is that in the first book the friends are kind of spaced out in a it's kind of like friends romance friends romance in a even sort of fashion so that you see them it's not necessarily like every other chapter or something like that but you get it throughout the book right in this book it's more like the friends are in the first half and then in the last 150 chop not 150 chapters the last 150 pages it's really a lot just of Lucy in well Lucy and Tristan kind of the part of them building their romantic relationship really and the friends kind of disappear for the most part Annabelle has kind of a cameo scene and then there's a little tiny scene of them working with Katronia and Hattie there but honestly they're barely in it at all until that epilogue. So I was kind of sad because when you read the companion novels you're always wanting to see the characters from the previous books and also I think the friendship before the, between the four women is really important and again as I said earlier I think Lucy stands a little bit apart from the other three because you really do see that bond and that friendship between Annabelle, Hattie, and Katronia in a very different way than between the three of them and Lucy. And that's even something I think Lucy comments on in this book. And so I'm hopeful that in the next two books, we can definitely see that friendship, more of it necessarily. I don't know. So yeah. Another thing is the cat. I totally knew Tristan gave the cat to Lucy because when he first is over there, the When he's first over there, the cat remembers him. I don't know if a cat would remember somebody 10 years later, but the cat does and really likes him. And Lucy mentions that her cat normally doesn't like strangers and stuff like that. And then also in the first book, when Tristan is dancing with Annabelle, oh, I have to mention this too, because this was another reason Tristan bugged me when In the first book, the two of them have a dance at the ball and he asks Annabelle if Lucy still has her cat. And at this point, Annabelle's never been to Lucy's house and they're not very good friends yet. So she doesn't know. And then in the first book, Tristan tries to take Annabelle out onto the balcony, which would potentially compromise her until Sebastian comes in and saves the day and gets gets her away from them. And then they go make out, which, you know, that wasn't the best thing to do in the middle of a party, but that's besides the point irrelevant. And so then in this book, Lucy confronts him when they have their first or second meeting together. And she says she's because she's defending her friend and needs to know why he did that. And he's like, I barely even remember. I thought she was too pretty to be wasted as a wallflower. All this nonsense. I have to say, Tristan, that is not okay. Just because you think someone is too pretty to be wasted as a wallflower does not mean you have the right to potentially compromise their relation or their reputation and harm kind of their future that way so that was another reason and that also happens at the beginning of the book when he's very selfish and whatever and you know he does become less selfish as he goes oh my god I just realized I haven't talked about engagement over marriage and I'm starting to kind of creep up to the end of my time and whatever so I got I got to get on it so at the end like I said Lucy and Tristan agreed to get engaged instead of married and that was just Perfect, Because like I've said, Lucy has said she doesn't want to get married. It will invalidate her position in the movement. And she's not necessarily wrong. It is definitely more difficult to uh, argue against the Married Women's Property Act as a married woman than as not. And by her saying she won't get married until, so then they agree not to get married until it's amended. And by her saying to do that, it is definitely more of a, a stance. I don't know. And just that Tristan also agrees on that and is very supportive of that and says, yes, we don't have to get married. I just really appreciated that Dunmore does not have them just get married at the end, but instead has them be engaged. And she says in her author's notes at the end that they would have been engaged for roughly two years because the Married Women's Property Act was amended in 1882. And this book takes place in the summer of 1880. And so I just really appreciated that because I thought it was very true to the characters, whereas in the first book, it makes more sense for Annabelle and Sebastian to get married because the central conflict is the fact that they can't get married because of their difference in rank. And then kind of touching on that, when I was looking at reviews of this of the first book, kind of it talks about how it's not intersectional feminism, which is a 100% accurate critique. These books are not very intersectional. And there's different things that I could say about that. Um, in the second book, the only kind of character who isn't white is Tristan's servant, his manservant. I think his name is Avi. I don't remember. He's from India, and Tristan brought him over with him when he came back to England and whatever. And I believe he's there to study and learn and stuff like that, but beyond, but he is a servant, and that's kind of all he really functions as is a servant. And so you're not really seeing a ton of it. I mean, there is a little bit of class intersectionalism, but not very much racial slash ethnic intersectional feminism going on here. You could say that, well, it's 1880s England, that's not really the conversation people are having. But as a kind of argument, the other um, hi- historical fiction series that I've read that set in The 1880s England is the Agency series by Y.S. Lee, which I would 100% recommend. It's a mystery series. It's about this girl, Mary, who is part of an all-woman detective agency and kind of her posing as domestic servants and stuff like that to solve big mysteries and cases. And Mary is half Chinese, half Irish, and her Chinese heritage and identity is a huge part of these books and her kind of struggling to coming to terms with that because she's passing and stuff like that. So you can't say that there weren't non-white people in England at this time and in different positions and roles and stuff like that. So yes, these books could deal more with that. They do not. Personally, that doesn't turn me off the books so much that I can't read them, but that could definitely be an issue for other readers. So that's just uh, something that I saw and that I wanted to mention. So that's kind of all for this book. This was A Rogue of One's Own by Evie Dunmore. I definitely recommend it. You don't technically have to read Bringing Down the Duke first, but I would. It gives you a little bit more context, and I think it's a better book, although I did enjoy this one. So yeah, that's kind of everything I have to say about this. If you want me to do an episode on Bringing Down the Duke, please let me know. I would be so happy to do so. If you want to be prepared for my episode next week, I will be talking about Star Daughter, which is by Nita Thakrar. I'm not sure if I said that right. I promise I'll say it right in that actual episode. I haven't done the research on how to say her name yet, so I apologize. If you want to uh, follow me on Instagram, you can go find me at I Read a Book Once blog, or you can go check out my blog, i.e. website, I Read a Book Once blog.com, where I post different things about books, kind of just different thoughts I had about them, as well as some writing and other behind-the-scenes sort of stuff. Let me know what you thought about A Rogue of One's Own, and I'll catch you guys next time.